Happy Thanksgiving. Well, it's been on our calendar since January, and here it is, it's, it's almost here, and it's, uh, it's just like it's always been, you know, fourth Thursday in November is Thanksgiving Day. Uh, now, back in January, if you got your calendar, you know, you, you looked through it and you, you, saw, you saw November there in the calendar, it seemed like it was a long way off. Like, wow, we, we just did that, you know? And, and so it was, it was way far away. And then back in June, if you had looked at, uh, at your calendar and saw Thanksgiving waiting for you there in, uh, waiting for you there in, uh, in November, you would have thought, well, you know, that's, you know, that's the wrong weather. It's the wrong season. It doesn't feel like Thanksgiving right now. So we, we wouldn't have worried about it then. But now the, the cold is in the air. The anticipation is there of, of the food that we're going to have. And the weather makes it undeniable. Thanksgiving is coming. But you know, back in, in January when we first saw it on the calendar, we didn't know what 2014 was going to be like. When we first scheduled Thanksgiving, we, we didn't know what this year would have in store. We didn't know about the losses that we would experience. We didn't know about the, the grief that we would go through during this year. We didn't know about the sickness. We didn't know about the, the injuries that we would have. We didn't know about the pain that we would experience and the, the struggles that we would have. And it would have been very easy now, looking through all that we've been through and all the difficulties we've gone through, it'd be very easy just to say, well, you know, let's, let's just cancel Thanksgiving. You know, we've, we've been through enough. We've done enough. And really, what do we have to be thankful for? We might have never scheduled it if we knew what 2014 was going to hold. But when we go to Scripture, one of the things that we see very clearly is that Thanksgiving is not an option. And Thanksgiving in Scripture goes beyond a holiday or beyond an, an observ, ob, observance. We are commanded to be thankful. We saw a couple weeks ago in Colossians chapter 2 that Thanksgiving is to overflow out of our lives. And then we saw Colossians chapter 3 last week that Thanksgiving is to permeate everything that we do. And then we come to 1 Thessalonians 5, which we're going to look at today. And 1 Thessalonians 5 hits us with a triple whammy because it calls us with three commands, all of them pointing to a life that abounds in thanksgiving. If you get your Bibles with you, we're going to look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, just three little verses, verses 16 through 18. And if you're using those Bibles that we have there in the pews for you, that's page 988. I invite you to turn to page 988. Paul gives us these three little verses, three little commands. He says in verse 16, rejoice always. And that's a command. And then he says in verse 17, pray without ceasing. And that's a command. And then we come to verse 18. Give thanks in all circumstances. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. And I want you to notice that verse, verse 18. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. This is the essence of the, prom, of the problem for us. We have, we have two choices in life. Two choices about what is going to take our time 
what is going to take our attention, what is going to take our devotion, what are we going to concentrate on, who are we going to follow, what are we going to bow down to. And the choice is this, are we going to bow down to circumstances, things that are beyond our control, beyond our knowledge, things that happen that are just out of control, or are we going to follow God's will, an abiding trust in who God is, in His knowledge of me in his purpose for my life what's going to control me what's going to have power over me what is going to own me one of the two will take your time your attention your devotion will take your life and what paul wants us to see is that thanksgiving shows us where our trust is it seems odd and it might even seem impossible but again thanksgiving is commanded God, God commands you to have gratitude towards Him. He, he commands you to be, to be grateful for what He gives you. You're commanded to do that. And if you're not, well, then you're sinning. If you're not thankful, then, you are, then you're not being faithful. And that sounds strange to us. Like, it doesn't sound genuine if I'm forced to do it you know if God's telling me I have to do it how can you be thankful if it's if it's not really genuine but I think what you have to remember is there's a very important little verse that that John brings in in first John chapter 5 verse 3 John says we show God that we love him by keeping his commands that's how we show him that we love him by keeping his commands and then John says and his commands are not burdensome his commands are not a burden. So he commands us to give thanks, and we realize, first of all, it should not be a burden for us to give thanks to God. But the other half of that we learn is if we don't give thanks, if we allow circumstances to control how we're going to respond to the world, if we allow circumstances to control how we feel and what we do, that becomes a burden because it's not being faithful to God's commands. Thank, not being thankful becomes a, a burden. Being thankful frees us from the circumstances that can destroy our faith. You think about a lot of the circumstances that come into your life, circumstances that just show up and, and wreck your plans and, and take over your life. I mean, I've, I've got people that I, I, I love to see, and, and uh, you know, we'll, we'll make plans. And, and I've got some people, those plans are in ink. I've got other people, those plans are in pencil. Sometimes you scratch them on paper with a toothpick because I don't, you know, they, they don't commit to them because something's going to come up at the last minute and take them away from that plan. And so we know, you know, you can't plan on those things. But circumstances come up that wreck our plans, that take over our life. You know, we've seen that a lot this year. You know, you think about Alyssa and the, that accident. That's just completely changed everyone's life. You think about Caleb and what he's going through. You think about the sicknesses that that we've experienced and the losses that we've experienced this year. We've, we've grieved together. We've faced a lot of circumstances that we could not have planned for. And if those control our lives, where does our faith go? If those circumstances control our lives, where does our faith go? It's, it's gone. It's, it's paralyzed. I also realized something else. You, you know that Good circumstances can paralyze your faith too. Have you ever seen that? That sometimes when everything's going right, when the circumstances are good, that can paralyze your faith too? Yeah, I've seen that before with people. You get a new job, 
ah, you know, I got more money now and more responsibilities. I can't be at church. I can't be doing this. You know, I, you know circumstances suddenly take control. Sometimes it's, sometimes it's a new relationship, you know, and, and suddenly, well, you know, I've got to entertain this person, you know, and I can't be there. I can't do this. And, you know, we, we can have these great things that happen in life. You know, we can have real blessings, new job, new house, new, new whatever, and it pulls us away. Those circumstances that God intended to bless us, to honor our faithfulness by giving us those blessings, and they turn into circumstances that pull us away from Him. The end result is just like those bad circumstances. It pulls our attention, pulls our devotion away from God. There are some people that will tell you that they are victims of circumstance, right? I'm just a victim of circumstance. The reality is we're slaves, to circumstance. Circumstances rule their behavior. Circumstances tell them what they're going to do, what they're going to invest their time and their lives into. Circumstances tell them how they're going to feel. I remind you again from what we looked at last week. Last week we looked at Colossians chapter 3, verse 15. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts to which indeed you were called in one body and be thankful. But if our lives are slaves to circumstances, if we're, we're slaves to the circumstances we're in, can, we, can the peace of Christ rule in our hearts? No. We've got no room for the peace of Christ. And God knows that. And so instead, He calls you to Himself. He calls you to be thankful. And He says, my command is, is not a burden to you. It shouldn't be a burden to you to be thankful. Romans chapter 1, Paul gives this huge list of sins. Sometimes we like to read that because, you know, it's just, it's ammunition. We can fire at other people. Like, yeah, that's what's wrong with you. You know, so Paul has this huge list of sins, and he lists all those sins that are against God. You know, envy, murder, slanders, gossips. Okay, let's not get too personal, but, you know, gossip's in there. And he talks about the wicked things that people do and the sick things that are in their minds. And then he comes down to verse 21. He says, for although they knew God, they knew God. At one time, they knew God, just as you know God. For although they knew God, they did not honor Him as God or give thanks to Him. They didn't give thanks, but they became futile in their thinking and their foolish hearts were darkened. Thanksgiving shows us where our trust is. Are we trusting in God? Or are we slaves to circumstances? If we're trusting in God, if we're trusting in His will for our lives, then thanksgiving is going to overflow. And as we begin to live in the freedom of His will instead of the captivity of circumstances, Paul shows us that thanksgiving fuels our prayers. As I said, there are three commands in this passage. And the command is there in verse 17, pray without ceasing. <laughs> and that can be a tough one. That can be a really difficult uh, command there. It can be very frustrating for us because, well, let me just ask, how many people here pray enough? Are you, anyone, anyone pray enough? No, I'll put my hand down too. Nobody prays enough. And we hear this and we see, pray without ceasing. Like, oh, well, I got to do that. That's a command. And so uh, we commit, we're going to get up earlier. 
and we're going to pray longer. We're going to pray before our meals. We're going to pray before our snacks, you know, our afternoon snacks. We'll pray before that. We'll, we'll, we'll have a little quiet time. We'll start out with just, you know, maybe 15 minutes. Then we'll get a half hour. Then we'll get two hours. And we'll just keep growing and growing. We'll have our prayer time before bed, and we'll pray without ceasing. The problem is, when we approach prayer like that, prayer sometimes becomes a burden, doesn't it? When it becomes one more thing that you got to do, it becomes a burden. What does God say about His commands? They are not to be burdens. We read that pray without ceasing, and you realize pray without ceasing, that doesn't mean just a longer quiet time. That's something completely different. Now, Paul himself modeled this for the Thessalonians. If you look back in chapter 1, verse 2, Paul gives his own example. In, in chapter 1, verse 2 of 1 Thessalonians, Paul says, we give thanks, <laughs> look at that, see? We give thanks to God always for all of you constantly mentioning you in our prayers. Constantly mentioning you in our prayers. And it's interesting there, both thanksgiving and prayer are mentioned in that verse. They, they work together. It reminds me of Philippians chapter 4, verse 6, where Paul says, do not be anxious about anything. Do not be anxious about anything. In other words, do not be anxious about any circumstances, right? Do not be anxious about any circumstances, but in all things, in all circumstances, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, present your request before God. And the peace of God, which guards your hearts and minds, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And it strikes me that there have been times in my life when prayer felt like a burden. It felt like just another thing I, I had to do. You, you've probably been there also. I'm, and, and prayer just seemed like one of those things, well, I'm obviously, I'm, I'm not doing it right. I'm not doing it enough. And so you end up trying harder and you, you end up trying to pray longer and all you do is you get distracted faster or you, you fall asleep quicker. This is a command. Pray without ceasing. But God does not want His commands to be a burden. Here's what I think I've come to find. Here's what I've come to believe. You don't learn to pray without ceasing by praying longer prayers. You don't learn to pray without ceasing by praying longer prayers. You learn to pray without ceasing by being thankful in all circumstances. You learn it you learn it by being thankful. Because if we're not careful, our prayers can become slaves to circumstance also, can't they? You think about how many times, you know, something's come up, a circumstance has happened, and all of a sudden, oh, I've got to be praying more. You know, that's, that's the problem. I haven't been praying enough, you know. So now all of a sudden, we're all praying for Alyssa, and now all of a sudden, we're all praying for Caleb, and we're all, you know, we got all these things that we're praying about, all these circumstances, and, and it feels like a job after a while. I don't think that's what Paul's talking about here. Something bad happens, we, get, we better get serious, you know. And, but then when things are, are good, we're so busy, ah, we don't have time to pray. But if we're committed to be thankful in all circumstances, prayer flows from that. Prayer few, is fueled by thanksgiving. So circumstances that are beyond my control, they come, and yet they don't overpower us. They don't destroy our faith. And what we begin to realize is that Thanksgiving transforms our outlook. If giving thanks in all circumstances sounds difficult, and if praying without ceasing sounds next to impossible, then what does that do 
for verse 16. What does verse 16 look like? He says in verse 16, rejoice always. Now, we make a huge mistake when we equate joy with happiness. Okay? Joy is not the same as happiness because happiness is based on circumstances. When everything's going right, you know, uh, you, you hit all of those lights, the green lights pulled up just perfectly as you drove down Lincoln through Charleston, right? You, know, you got that perfect parking spot at Walmart. You got the cart that didn't wobble the whole time. You're going to be happy, okay? They called your numbers when you, you know, drew something over here the other night, you know, and, and suddenly you're happy because circumstances went your way. Joy doesn't work that way. Because joy is not based on happiness, on, on circumstances. It's impossible to, to always be happy. So how could God command us to rejoice always? It's possible because the circumstances that surround you don't control you. They don't own you. That's how you can rejoice always. And if you respond to those circumstances with thanksgiving, you respond that way because those circumstances cannot separate you from God's love. They can't separate you from Him. Since circumstances can't separate you from God, life becomes one never-ending conversation with your Creator until you are so convinced of His presence in the midst of whatever circumstance, you're so convinced of the power of His will, that His will becomes more real to you than the circumstances that you're facing. And then the result is never-ending joy. Someone once said years ago, joy is not the absence of trouble. Joy is the presence of God. It's not the absence of trouble. It is the presence of God. Maybe you're not in a place where you can see that yet. Maybe you haven't gotten there. Maybe you can't find Thanksgiving in all circumstances. I sent out an email this week, and I asked the question, how have you learned to be thankful in all circumstances? Nancy Carrion reminded me of the words of her mother, Anna. Her mother said, no matter what, praise God anyway. <laughs> now, do the descendants of Anna Geyer back there remember that? Very well. Yes, of course they do. And they've, they strive to learn that. They tr strive to live by that. Praise God anyway. Teresa responded, and Teresa said, it is truly very hard to, f to find thanks and be thankful in all circumstances. So many things we ponder and ask why. And then you see the light. You see another person is saved or healed while a young person is recovering from what seems like insurmountable circumstances. I get to hear my dad when he says he loves me too, yet one more time. Watching my little preemie great-nephew who started life in very challenging circumstances, and now he just thrives. People that don't necessarily know each other very well or at all are brought together in closeness and, and prayer for someone who is ailing, hurt, or terminally ill. There's so many blessings that we just overlook at the time that are happening all around us. It is amazing. It is His amazing grace. I am so thankful for you. So thankful for my faith. So thankful for this congregation, for being a, a part of KCC. I've found so many blessings 
here. That's on you guys. That You own that. You own those circumstances. Susie said, how have I learned to be thankful in all circumstances? It was hard. It was a long lesson. First off, I think I had to go through some tough situations because we know it's easy to be thankful in good times. I believe as I drew closer to the Lord in my quiet time, it was easier for me to be thankful. As we spend time with Him and draw closer, I believe His will is made known to us for our life and whatever He desires of us, we can do with thanksgiving and praise. Because He lives, I can face tomorrow. Maxine said, How have I learned to be thankful in all circumstances? Hmm. Well, I know that God loves me and is in control and that He has His plan. Why should we question that? I have been known to tell people a lot that God has His plan. It may not be ours. What looks and feels bad to us now will seem worthwhile in heaven. Sure, it hurts, but I know that God is right there with me holding my hand, knows my hurt, knows how I hurt. God knows how I feel because He gave His only Son to save us. I sometimes stop and remember that Mary suffered the same loss that I have too. You read responses like that, and I think one of the things that, that we have to see is we don't learn thanksgiving alone. We don't learn it on our own. You learn it as your life and your faith is lived with people who encourage you, who model it, who lift you up every day. And that's why in all those difficult circumstances, we call each other. You know, we immediately call each other and we say, I, I need prayers. I need, I need help today. I, I need this today. We show our our love and concern, the way we help each other out and, and in the way that we give each other a reason to rejoice always. So I'll say it again. God would have never commanded this if He hadn't equipped us to obey. His commands are not burdensome. His commands are not there to make you feel like a failure, to feel like you just don't measure up, like you can't do this. They are there to bless you. In fact, if you skip down just a few verses, it's just it's that right there. It's a blessing. Paul wraps up his encouragement with a blessing. Look at verses 23 and 24. Paul says, Now may the God of peace Himself sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He who calls you is faithful. He will surely do it. So in the midst of those circumstances that we are less than thankful for, we have the promise of a God, of His presence, of the presence of the God of peace. You know, the whole mission of Jesus was to bring peace. He's the, the Prince of Peace. His whole mission was to bring peace between us and God. We're going to concentrate on that next month as we concentrate on the Christmas story. That overflows in our relationship. That peace that we have with God overflows in our relationships with each other. It, it builds each other up. And the next blessing He has is, is for our protection. He says, May your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. I talk to a lot of people who tell me that they believe that Jesus is coming soon. 
And, and sometimes they're not excited about that. Sometimes they're scared. Sometimes they're, they're afraid. They're, they're worried. But if, if these are indeed the last days, and God has a blessing for us in the last days, I want you to notice the blessing is not for our safety. The blessing is not that it won't hurt. The blessing is that we will be kept blameless. That is, that, that on that day when you finally stand before God, you will know that you were faithful. And He will know that you were faithful, even to the end. That blessing, that, that hope begins today by walking in joy, by walking in prayer, by walking in thanksgiving. And then the final part of the blessing here is a reminder. Verse 24, He who calls you is faithful. He will surely do it. <clears throat> you and I face a lot of circumstances and sometimes we wonder, how are we going to survive this? How are we ever going to get through it? Maybe it's a circumstance that's life-threatening. Maybe it's something that we just don't understand how we got here. How did, we, how did this happen to me? How did I get to this place? Maybe it's not life-threatening, but maybe it's faith-threatening. Maybe we face a circumstance where we're like, am I still going to have faith when this is over? And we lose our focus on God. We take our eyes off of Him. We lose our trust. We lose our, we lose our joy. We lose our integrity. Paul's reminding us, if you take your eyes off yourself, take your eyes off yourself, look to God, God would not have called you if He hadn't equipped you to be obedient. He is faithful. He will do it. In just a few moments, we're going to come to the table. We're going to celebrate together. We plan this every week. I mean, it's in the bulletin. We've got to come to the table. We plan on coming here every week. We know that we're going to do this. Somebody gets it ready for us, and you know, we, we all get ready to take it. But then circumstances come up. And there have been times when circumstances have come that have kept me from the table. You know, sickness and sometimes just being mad. <laughs> and maybe today, maybe today circumstances, they're not going to keep you from the table, but they're going to keep you from experiencing Christ. And he's greater than those circumstances. Maybe today... You come to meet Jesus not just in the bread and, and the cup, but you come to meet Him in the support and the love of, of each other as we're here together. Maybe today you go grab somebody and say, if I'm going to take communion, I need to take communion with you because I need help. I've had some rough circumstances. Or maybe you know someone who's going through some tough stuff. It's okay to get up and go take communion with somebody else to help them through those circumstances. We're going to pray, we're going to sing, and as we sing, the guys are going to come forward. We're going to go to the Lord together, and we're going to give thanks. Let's pray. Father, uh, we're just reminded again this week just how circumstances can take our attention. It can take our, our minds off of you. It can take our heart from our devotion to you. Lord, circumstances can lead us astray. Even those things that bless us, Father, sometimes, they, sometimes they, they call us away from You. And so we come to the table again. We come to the bread. We come to the cup. We come to meet You. 
because we know that in this, you promised to meet us. And so, Lord, whatever circumstances may have kept us from this table or whatever circumstances in our minds and in our hearts are keeping us from you today, we want to lay those down together. We want to come to the table and we want to give thanks because you did not leave us alone in our circumstances. You showed us your will. You didn't leave us alone in our, in our agony, but you gave us a reason to be joyful. You brought us into conversation with you, into ceaseless prayer. And you gave us reason to be thankful, always, no matter the circumstances. We thank you for your will. We thank you for your love. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.